Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Hi everyone, this is Debbie Ronka, and thank you for being here with me for another episode on the Transition Bridge Podcast. So I want to ask you a question. Do you love music? Have you ever thought about how music touches our lives? You know, music has this unique way of meeting us in those times, in those seasons of life where we're either experiencing joy or sorrow. And I know all of us that are listening right now, we all have certain songs that we connect with for just a variety of reasons. Well, recently I met Steve Seiler at a conference. I was in his workshop and I learned so much about how music touches our soul that, and I was so moved that I just knew I had to have Steve on the podcast. And I know once you hear today what he has to share, what has been created, I know you're going to feel the same. So let me just share a little bit about Steve before we start. Steve Seiler is the founder and director of Music for the Soul. It's a multi-award winning not-for-profit ministry that uses songs and stories to bring healing and hope, the healing and hope of Jesus to people who are deep in pain. An accomplished songwriter and music producer, Seiler has over 550 of his songs recorded in the Christian country and pop markets. And his songs have also appeared in movies and on television. He won the Dove Award for Inspirational Song of the Year with I Will Follow Christ. His nine number one and 45 top 10 songs includes, includes Circle of Friends with Point of Grace and Not Too Far From Here with Michael Crawford. Siler is the author of three books, The Praise and Worship Devotional, the other book is called Music for the Soul, Healing for the Heart, Lessons from a Life in Song, and 23 Reflections, which is inspired by Psalm 23. He is a speaker and co-host of the Music for the Soul podcast, where music, hope, and healing come together. Well, Steve, welcome to the Transition Bridge podcast. It's a real honor to have you with us here today. Thank you for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, as I shared, once I heard uh, what you were teaching us about music, I love music, and I know a lot of people do, but what you shared, the insight, the experience, and how God is using music to heal mm -hmm. and touch the deepest pains in people's souls. I walked out of your workshop just, just so incredibly touched by, oh my word, there is so much for us to learn. There's so much more about music that you know we need to tap into so what is it about music that we're so connected to what is it that draws us and i'm going to borrow a thought from your book that i've been reading your music for the soul you have in there a song can change a life and music can heal a life yeah it's uh i started out as a as a music lover just as a kid like most of us, uh, you know, hey, it's got a great beat. You can dance to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and then as I as I grew and decided that I actually wanted to write songs and and be a musician and play songs for people, 
Uh, of course, I experienced that joy that comes from the creation of music and the participation in music. Uh, and that was great in and of itself. But as I moved further into, into my life, I actually had the opportunity to experience seeing songs reach people in, in deep hurting places where nothing else seemed to work. And that just was uh, such an eye-opening thing. And I came years later to understand the, the brain science behind that. But basically, uh, I think we have uh, compartmentalized music in our culture to some extent. We, we think of it as, well, you know, it's good for, like I said, it's good for dancing. It's good for entertainment. It's good for recording artists to, to, to share their, their things. It's good for jingles. It's good for hymns or worship music. We have all these lanes we put music in. And what I've discovered is that it, it, it's like water under a door. It, it uh, represents, it, it, um, what's the word? Not represents. It recognizes <laughs> no boundaries. It goes where it wants to go and, and, and where it needs to go. And so uh, we decided at Music for the Soul, maybe we would deliberately tap into that power to try and help people find hope and healing. That's a great, great thought. So share with, share with us your transition. You were writing music and mm. um, you transitioned from writing in a certain genre maybe and then found yourself making a big transition in your life. Well, I was trying, it started out with, me wanting to be a recording artist. And uh, I kept banging my head on that wall for many, many years. And when it became kind of clear to me that maybe that wasn't where I needed to be going, uh, I decided, well, then I'll I'll write for recording artists. And I was living in Los Angeles and I wanted to, to write pop music. That was the kind of music that I enjoyed. And I know that's a pretty broad definition, but basically the kind of things that you would hear on Top 40 radio. And uh, I pursued that for quite a while. And I had, I would call it just enough success to keep the carrot like right in front of my nose. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, you know, almost just keep at it. We'll get there. And uh, when I finally had my first uh, charting single on the radio and I heard it, uh, I didn't feel what I expected to feel. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of your listeners are old enough to remember the old Peggy Lee song, Is That All There Is? But that was kind of the moment for me. Hmm. Okay, I've pursued this my entire life. I'm not feeling what I think I'm supposed to be feeling. And so I went into our church. Uh, it was open 24 hours a day. Uh, lived in Los Angeles. And just basically in the middle of the night, asked God, you know, what am I supposed to be doing with this gift of music? Because I'm pretty sure this is not it. And I really was feeling a bit downcast and sort of lost. Because it's like when you've spent your entire adult life pursuing something and then you finally get it and you realize wait a minute this isn't it uh, that's a pretty upsetting discovery really uh, but after i prayed that prayer it wasn't even two weeks that i got a, a phone call from somebody who'd visited our church and heard me play uh, one of my songs and he asked me uh if i would write songs for a project he was doing for children who'd been sexually abused. And mm. that was obviously uh, quite startling, very specific. And I was like, well, Lord, I prayed, and this is the opportunity that you've sent. So I went and met with the man and looked at the uh, at the book that he was basing his, his play on. 
and said, I can, I can see this is important. And if you think I'm the guy, I'll give it a try. So I, I got down on my knees next to the piano when I got home, said, Lord, I can, I can see that, you know, I could do more harm than good here. Mm-hmm. So please guide and direct me as I write these songs. And, uh, and then once I finished, I wrote four songs and I shared them with a therapist, the only therapist I knew at the time. And uh, I shared them with her on a Friday and Monday. She called me and said, Steve, I hope you won't be angry with me, but I used your songs with clients over the weekend. Okay. And so that was a hard turn for me into going, oh my gosh, you, you can do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. that opened a, a complete uh, new window as to what was possible with my music. So you were first given this daunting project that, as you said, what an answer to prayer. You never saw mm-hmm. that coming, but mm-hmm. I guess the Lord was seeing something deeper, more impactful that he wanted to begin to use you in. And then to have the therapist be used as a confirmation that yes. when that yes. music was used with her clients, she saw inroads to where her clients were able to open up more because of mm-hmm. the power of the music that they were listening to. Right. Uh, there's a therapist friend of mine who who said recently to me that we help people enter into their own stories through our work. And I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, we all have life experience. And so if you play one song for a room full of people, everybody in that room is hearing a different song because they've lived a different life. So they're bringing their lived experience. That's the paradigm through which they're hearing the song. And I think God uses that to help people uh, do the work they need to do in their own hearts as they listen or to open the possibility for them to do that. And, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't really ever realize that until, I mean, I've literally had the experience of somebody coming up and say, saying, uh, you know that song you wrote about? And then they'll describe something and I'll go, I have no idea what this person is talking about. Oh, wow. And then they'll say something and I'll think, oh, okay, I see. They're talking about that song. And then I'll think back to why I wrote that song or what I thought it was about and realize that what it meant to them was something completely different. Did that surprise you? Well, yeah, it's it's surprising, but in a really beautiful way, because yeah. then then we don't have to feel limited, uh, you know, by our our creative abilities. We realize that God is partnering with us at that point. And that's really an answer to prayer for me, because when when you write a song, like I said, you know what you have in mind. But I always pray, Lord, you know who's going to hear this. You know where this song is going to go. I, I have no idea who the listeners are going to be. So whatever you need to do in this creative process, you know, I invite you, literally, I invite you into this process with me. I mean, mm. uh, I feel like creati- creativity is obviously a gift from our creative God. So he doesn't really need an invitation. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's that's humility in my view. That's my humility saying, you know, I want to be the vessel for whatever truth you want to share, whatever story you want to tell in a person's life. Help me do that well. Oh, I love that prayer. And I really believe he wants us to invite him into the things that we're doing. And mm-hmm. uh, and when we do, it does. It goes beyond our wildest imaginations. Yes. I know I was in your book. Um, 
you're you write music that deals with life's toughest issues and why it's important to write songs that not only mention the pain but actually mm-hmm. pitch a tent and camp in it yes. so yeah share share more with us about that well i do a lot of teaching of of um young christian songwriters and i always say uh you know when you get together to to do a co-writing session if you're not willing to rip your chest open and throw your heart out on the table and let people stomp around in it, you're never going to get to anything anybody needs to hear. Oh, wow. Uh, That might sound kind of harsh, but what I find is people often will say, just here's an example. They'll say something like, I feel really sad today. And they feel like they've told you something when that doesn't really, (laughs) that doesn't really go very deep. Right. Right. So the the willingness to explore deep emotions and and to say more about that. Why are you sad? What specifically is troubling you? Um, I think that when we are honest like that, we can trust that if we've lived that experience, somebody else has lived it as well. And so if we are able to tell the truth, even about the most difficult things, then we can trust that that's going to be a bridge uh, for somebody else to cross, right? Right. To, to feel connected. Uh, wow, I always thought that I was the only person who ever felt that way, but they're singing about it. So clearly, I'm not the only person who ever felt that way. I think when people that that's that entering into other people's stories when they can recognize themselves in in the story you're telling and i think you only get those kind of results if you're willing to be deeply transparent and and honest and authentic and and go hard places so those people who feel so isolated feeling like nobody understands or maybe i'm the right. only one who has walked this path will hear a song that's been written by you in your team, and then they finally find themselves in a place of not belonging, but maybe understood, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. for the first time? Yes. I, I I always say that one of our goals is for people to feel known and understood mm-hmm. by others, but more importantly, by God. And so uh, it sounds arrogant just to some extent to put it this way, but I had a therapist say this to me, so I'll I'll, I'll give her the, the credit or the blame <laughs> as need be. <laughs> but she said, when I listen to music for the soul, it's like God is singing to me. Oh. And that is, that that's, that's both beautiful, and I also take it as a horrible responsibility uh, mm-hmm. because th- that's a lot of pressure. Uh, Who am I to speak for God, right? So we pour over the work we do, we pray over the work we do, and we hope that we are sharing the heart of God with people, that they will feel God's love for them, God's concern for them, uh, God's wanting them to have wholeness and wellness in their life and to flourish and thrive and be all that he intended them to be. So um, that's what's behind the songs we write that's the that's the goal is that people would would come out of darkness and into hope and see that healing is possible mm, you know that word hope especially when you, 
you're in deep pain, that's the one thing you lose. You mm-hmm. lose you lose your hope for tomorrow. And mm-hmm. and yet to be able to hear a song that as you're writing it, you have some idea of the impact, but can never fully realize it until you hear someone who's been through the very thing you're writing about come mm-hmm. to you and say for the first time, I feel this way, or I've been able to open up a little more. I remember you sharing a, a story in the workshop. I, I believe it was uh, regard, you, regarding the book that that person came to you. Um, I think yes. it was a song called The Innocent Child. Yes. Could yes. you share that story? Oh, well, that that was a life-changing moment for me. Uh, the My my partner, uh, Stephen Brighthop, he was the singer on our team. I was the, the piano player and the songwriter. And we were invited to attend an incest survivor workshop in New Jersey. We were living in California at the time. And he couldn't go for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but uh, we didn't feel like we should turn it down. So I went. And uh, at the closing ceremonies of that conference, they had a, a grand piano in the center of a, a conference room, a ballroom. There were 300 uh, chairs in a circle around the uh, around the room, and the piano was in the middle, and they asked me to to sing Innocent Child. And Innocent Child, it, it's, a, it's a very simple song. It's almost like a lullaby. And basically the message is just, it's not your fault. You were an innocent child. You know, you were you were too young to be responsible for what what happened to you, and so I began singing the song. And after I had started to sing, I I felt the the pain started coming from around the room. I could hear people crying, mm-hmm. and I felt like somebody was pressing down on my shoulders, and I started to have trouble breathing. I mean, it was it was a very intense experience. Mm-hmm. And when I finished, I just burst into these messy sobs buried my face in my hands and and uh and i've been told all weekend long don't hug any of these women because they don't like to be hugged by men who are strangers which made total sense sure and but when i pulled myself together and i looked up there was a line of women waiting to hug me oh yeah it was uh obviously that was quite a uh, profound blessing and this one woman said to me, uh, people have been telling me I was an innocent child my whole life, but I never believed it until I heard you sing it today. Oh, my word. And that that moment was God planting the seed for what would become music for the soul, because I thought, if that's true, then there's some important work to be done. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I was ready. <laughs> didn't really feel in the, like in the moment I knew what that was. But as my uh, my writing career progressed and opportunities came, it became it became clear that that this was a specific area of calling for me. What an um, uh, I, I I'm tr- struggling to even find words for that moment. It is so beautiful, so powerful. And just just imagining seeing all of these women who never wanted mm. a hug, but now wanted one because that song validated mm. who they were. That's and, a good word. Validated their experience. Yeah. yeah. yeah I love is, what you do. I love what you do. Well, I, thank you. I know one thing, like you were just talking about 
you know, how God helped you write that song, uh, that he is the invisible co-writer in the room every time mm-hmm. a song is written. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I people will, will often, you know, say things like you're, you're and forgive me, audience, because I don't think this, but people will say stuff like, oh, you're such a genius. I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, well, you, if you ask me to fix your you know, your sink, you won't think so, or your car, <laughs> you won't think I'm such a genius then. Uh, you know, I have I, I was born with a gift for melody. There's no doubt about it. I, I listened to songs I wrote when I was eight years old. Me- I came with melody. Mm-hmm. But the, the fact is, I can't take credit for that. So not only is God the invisible co-writer in the room, God is the grantor of gifts and yes. and the one who equips us and 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 we come with some of those gifts. Uh, and and sometimes I'll say, well, I, I have persevered. I'll take credit for that. And then right away, I think, well, wait a minute. God gave me the character to be one who perseveres, right? <laughs> so, I mean, no matter where you turn, it's like, oh, there's God. You're breathing. Who gave you breath? Oh, yeah, that's right. God, you know. <laughs> so it always cracks me up when people take credit for things because you can't take credit for anything without starting at the source. So I guess I guess for me, that would be the praise, is that God is the source, and we get into trouble when we get too big for our britches and think, man, I'm an amazing writer. Well, God's an amazing creator, and he was kind enough to bless me with some gifts. And then on top of that, has blessed me with amazing co-writers, amazing music teachers, piano teachers, guitar teachers, vocal teachers, all the people who poured into me for years so that I could get to the point where someday I could write a halfway decent song. Oh, I love your humility. And to me, the bottom line is, uh, and I agree with you, God gives us gifts. And it's when we surrender that gift to him and how he wants to use it, then the fulfillment comes. Right. And that's what I I always say that to younger kids. I I almost said kids, you know, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. Anybody, Uh is if if they've just started writing, they're, they're a writing kid, right? But I always say, do yourself a favor and ask God sooner (laughs) what it is you're supposed to be doing with the gift. (laughs) I didn't ask until I was, you know, 10, 12 years down the road. I could have saved myself a lot of time and and trouble if I'd asked when I was 18, you know. Great advice. Ask sooner. (laughs) You have to write that one down. That's really good. I have this quote, uh, it says, if there's one thing that is consistent in this world, it is the power of music. And that's by Josh Groban. And mm-hmm. I know earlier that you were alluding to the uh, the scientific or the neuroscience with music. And I mm-hmm. love how science uh, is connected to everything that God has created, and they just kind of confirm and blend together. So mm-hmm. can can you share with us some knowledge and insight on that? Well, uh, we process language primarily in the left hemisphere of our brain, mm-hmm. and we process melody primarily in the right hemisphere of our brain. So when you're listening to a song, you've got the whole brain engaged. So that's that's one of the key elements. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, melody and, and uh, rhythm are also memory devices. So not only is the whole brain engaged, but you're engaged in an activity that's going to enable you to remember things better. 
So that's really, really important. If you want somebody to remember something, sing it to them. That's why we sing the ABCs to our kids, for mm. example. That's why that's why jingle, you know, jingles sing to us, advertisers sing to us about, you know, beer or, you know, whatever, right. whatever it is they want us to remember, right? So, so there's that piece vis-a-vis our work and why that's so important is that trauma is stored primarily in the right hemisphere of the brain. So if I want to get to the source of what's hurting you, I got a much better chance if I if I share that message through a melody because that's going straight to where the pain is held. So in talk therapy, you know, if somebody doesn't want to hear something and you try and talk to them about it, their wall goes up, bang, 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 your words hit the wall, fall to the floor. They don't, they're not interested. They don't want to hear it. But with a song, you're going to seep through the cracks in that wall. You're going to grab their heart and open it before they even know what hit them. I know all of your listeners have had that experience of your your mind and your own business and some song comes on that you have a personal connection to and instantaneously you've done time travel back to an important memory in your past or you're crying because of something that wounded you or you're joyful because of some happy memory and that happens in an instantly. So that's the power that a song has and that music has to to communicate more quickly and more effectively. So the music is actually able to go into that part where the trauma is stored right? and help the person be able to start unlocking that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it's a way to open people up. I've had therapists tell me that our stuff uh, fast tracks. Um, you know, so one lady said that, you know, four times faster, she can get to the heart of the matter four times faster with a song than she can just by talking with somebody about it. That's amazing. Creates breakthrough. That's the word they use, breakthrough. It's like a safe place to let something else speak to you mm-hmm. where you don't have to answer. You're not answering mm-hmm. a question. You're just allowing the words of the song to just acknowledge you. That's And it's not it's not even just words. Uh the 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 cool thing about a song is that you've got the words and the music. So the music, I think, all by itself can can create the emotion that begins to open you up. The other night, um, I was listening to, to a song, and in just a, before the words even came in, in just a few seconds of the the, the music, it had it had squeezed my heart, mm. and the tears began to come, and I just, you know, what else does that? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you're just leading me into this other quote. There's no author to it, but it says, music speaks what cannot be expressed. It soothes the mind and gives it rest. It heals the heart and makes it whole. It flows from heaven to the soul. Very nice. You can send me that if you'd like. I I wouldn't mind having that that handy. (laughs) It made me think of you, what you're doing. And I thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So let me ask you this, Steve. Do you, how do you pick the particular pain points to write about? Does someone come to you? Does the Lord give you a thought? Because there's so much pain in the world. And I know you cover a lot of it, but how do you even start? Well, there is no one answer to that. Um, I, I kind of tell a story on myself. When I started the ministry, I thought, well, we'll start with a grief project because everybody dies. So everybody grieves. So sure. this, this was me with my marketing hat on, right? 
Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do that, Steve. Stay in your lane. Right. <laughs> so that was, that's, that was, that was my first thought. And uh, I think our grief record, I think we did it in our 11th year. So that turned out not to be the plan. Uh, we had just incorporated um, to begin the ministry and I got a phone call from one of my dearest friends and his wife had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And I wrote a song to serve them, just a song that I just as a gift for them. Uh, it landed on me. It was one of those moments where I wasn't even thinking about writing a song and a thought came into my head and I thought, oh, that's that's for my friends. And I just started writing. Aww. And when I shared it with him, he said, uh, oh, I, these are the words that I needed to give to my wife. Aww. I didn't know what to say to her, but this this is it. This This is what I'll say to her. And so, uh, at that point, and and he was the uh, the board chair of the newly found ministry, right? Oh goodness, we just okay. formed. So it was like, oh, so our first project then is going to be about breast cancer, and it was called More Beautiful, and we released it originally as a as a CD uh, with songs and spoken word, and then a few years after that, we wound up expanding it to include a a music video and a documentary. So, you know, oh, God, wow. God used uh, that, you know, that friendship, that relationship uh, to inspire me to, to help my friends. And then, and the project grew out of that. And there, there are several of the projects that grew out of writing with friends about things they were experiencing. Uh, we do tend to look for issues that are underserved, I guess is the way I would put it. Mm -hmm. Um, a good example of that, I think is our mercy great enough project. Mercy great enough is for people who have remorse over an abortion in their past. Mm. Um, there's a lot of noise in our culture about that issue and people take sides, but there isn't nearly enough discussion about that as a wound that people carry with them that causes Mm -hmm more pain in their life, uh, secondary issues like drug abuse and alcoholism and relationships falling apart and families falling apart. And the average abortion touches 40 people because it's not just people who have experienced, it's not just the woman who's experienced it physically, although obviously hers is the, the deepest wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the the moms and dads, the aunts and uncles, the cousins, the sisters, the siblings, um, the you know, the would-be siblings. You're right. You know, all, all these people that you don't think about when you talk about the issue, uh, and all issues are like that. All, all these issues mm-hmm. of pain have ripple effects, right? So, uh, but doing that project, I feel like you know we we specifically set out to serve an audience uh, and a group of people that have been underserved. So that's one of the parameters, or maybe that's not the right word. One of the re- reasons that we that we look to for choosing a topic. And then sometimes uh, somebody will send me a song and I'll think, Oh, that that's, we need to do more along those lines, you know? So Mm -hmm. we don't, um, we don't solicit songs from other people, but if they're sent to us, sometimes we'll wind up using something that's sent to us. Most of our stuff is is created in-house because I've got a team of writers that I've been working with for over 30 years now. So obviously there's a lot of trust there. 
But every once in a while, a song will land in the inbox and it'll be like, oh, yeah, never thought of that. Need to need to share that with the world. Oh, that's great. So you've been your ministry is 30 years old. No, the ministry itself is 20 years old. Okay. But I was beginning to do this. The the Project for Sexual Abuse Survivors was in 1991. So I've been doing this kind of work for 30 years. What a blessing. So that it just leads me to this question. You, you, I know you have resources and you have all mm-hmm. of these projects that you're, you've created. So is this something that you send out to organizations or do people just reach out to you? Like, how do you get this into the hands of those who need it most? Well, what we're doing right now is one of the ways. Uh, it, yeah. it truly is. It truly is a word of mouth type of ministry. Uh, it's very expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody once uh, said to me that before you start a record label, you should have $25 million. Well, I started Music for the Soul and I our first donation was $100. <laughs> Oh goodness. So, yeah. We did we didn't have the we didn't have 25 million, we didn't even have 1 million. So, you know, there's so many ways to let people know about the work and when we started it was a very different world. Uh we started before streaming, we started when the CD was still a thing. Uh so at this point the interesting thing is it's easier to find us than ever because of streaming. Uh, More people are hearing our stuff. It's going around the world instantaneously, but creating less revenue. So that is part of the challenge of running a nonprofit. Uh, At this point, we exist because we have donors who believe that we need to. Mm. Uh, We still have things that you can buy stuff at our website, but I made a decision a long time ago that, that it should also all be available to listen to whether you pay or not because I don't want anybody coming to our website in despair or desperation and needing to hear something and they don't have 10 bucks. So I'm going to say, no, 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 you can't hear the whole song. I mean, that's mm. ridiculous. So made that decision a long time ago. Uh, but I, to get back to your question, we do reach out to organizations that have um, would have a specific interest. You know, if there's an organization, for example, when we did the project for uh, young women with body image issues and eating disorders, we contacted several of the the national organizations that deal with that issue, shared it through them. Uh, We we have been on radio broadcasts, uh, Christian radio broadcasts, uh, Christian uh, TV shows and Christian magazines and newsletters and blog posts and podcasts and all the different ways that you would think of that, that it can be shared. Of course, we've got a website and a Facebook page and Instagram and blah, 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 all the same things everybody else has. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we really never have had uh, an advertising budget to speak of. And this is one of the things I will just admit right up front to being guilty of. If I've got enough money to make a new album or a new record, whatever you want to call it these days, uh, I'm going to use that money to make music before I'm going to use it to pay somebody to share our music. And I know from some very successful businessmen that the model actually is you should spend 10 times more on advertising than you do on creating the the product. But for me personally, as a creative, uh, that would feel like a walk through a desert with no water in sight. I, I have to be creating 
that's what feeds right. me. And God has been very gracious and generous to us to allow us to reach millions of lives, even though we've never really had advertising. Oh, that's a bless. Well, you can't deny who you are. You know, we all have our core values and right. who it is. And yeah, you have to, you have to keep creating. And I know that God has put you in this position in this ministry to help those that are hurting. And so I do believe he's going to continue to make ways for you. And if anybody's listening, I know you can go to Steve's website. Uh, what is the name of the website? Musicforthesoul.com? It's dot .org. Dot That's org. the nonprofit piece, dot .org. So Music for the Soul, all spelled out, dot .org. Uh, there's a, um, a menu on the homepage. And as a matter of fact, our homepage is supposed to have an update any day now. Uh, trying to it, trying to make it as simple to navigate as possible because once you've gotten over 200 recordings on one website that touch on multiple issues, it can become pretty difficult to you know to get people quickly to where they need to go. But we've got uh, topic lists on the website, and when you click on the topic, it takes you to a recommendation, our our best recommendation for that topic. And then, of course, there's a search bar, so you can also look that way. And we're constantly trying to get refine all of that to make it uh, easy. Uh, I invite people to to come and just you know look around and and to and to look around more than once because it is a lot, and so uh, I think it can be overwhelming. It can it really can. And and when people uh, get what we call our soul care kit, which is everything, I always tell them, please don't listen to all this in like one or two days, <laughs> listen to one or two songs and then, you know, digest those and then maybe come back in a few days and listen to something else because the material's heavy. Yes. Yes. Um, um, and I, I've been look going through the website myself and I'll, I'll, I'm drawn to the one per, like particular ones that will speak to me. And I think that's sure. good advice, um, you know, to do that as well. I just, you know, think of all anybody who's a therapist, a coach. I mean, I know I'm a coach myself. I could see how I could use this music mm -hmm. to help my clients. A lot of times I'll have my clients come before I even met you and we'll just listen to soaking music just to get us into a place. Right. Mm -hmm. But like this, you know, it could be very powerful. Um, well, not only can a song create breakthrough, as we talked about earlier, a song can reinforce uh, you know, you could have a session with somebody and something could come up and you think, I really want them to go away and remember what we talked about. And this song talks about what we were just talking about. So I want take, you know, take this with you, go home and listen to this every day this week, you know, really get something so that it's in there and it'll stay in there forever, whatever positive messaging you want to share with somebody. I like that. And I, I think of different churches that have care groups. Um, yes. Care group yeah. pastors can all... So on my wheels are turning of how I can share and promote what it is that you're doing, Steve, because this is hope, and we have a very hurting, hurting world. We do. And, we and, do. and the Lord does sing songs over us, mm -hmm. and I do mm -hmm. believe he's giving you those songs to write, to give to those that need to know that there's hope for tomorrow. So in closing, I would love to just give you the opportunity to speak to the audience if there's anything that you would like to encourage them with, if there's something in your heart that you want to share to just bring them hope and encouragement, whatever the Lord is placing on your heart right now. Uh, 
I think it would be a, be beautiful. Well, I think one of the things I want everybody to know is you're not alone. Mm. We we tend to think nobody's ever been as disgusting as me. You know, I mean, I know other people do stuff, but what I've done is is unforgivable. First of all, there's no such thing as unforgivable. Uh, and I, but I've been in, I've spoken with groups, I've spoken with both men and women's groups, and there are these sins, mistakes, whatever you want to call them, that we all have in our past that we carry with us. And God wants you to lay that down. God wants you to lay that at the foot of the cross. Uh, whatever it is that you're carrying, Jesus died for that too. Uh, I remember the first time I was speaking to a men's group and they were there because they were struggling with uh, addiction to pornography. Mm. And I, it just came to me to say, uh, what makes you think that this is the one that Jesus can't handle? What makes you think that this is the one that's just too big and too bad and too dark and too ugly that God could never love you? That's a lie. That's a lie. True. Whatever it is you're carrying, we're all carrying something. Whatever it is, God has made a way for you to be healed, for you to be whole. God adores you, cherishes you, you're his child, and there's nothing you can do that would separate you from his love. It's beautiful. And so every for everyone who's listening, I just pray that you received hope today that there are things that maybe we can't change or go back and undo, but there is hope for tomorrow. There is a future for you, and there is a healing for your soul. And so I just want to highly recommend that you reach out to Steve and go to his website. What's there is created for you, from God himself, from his heart to your soul, personally bringing you a song of healing. And so I just can't encourage you enough. Please go to Steve's website, hear these songs, and you probably will know people who need to hear some of the songs that are on these, these websites. So let's all be in this together, uh, creating a global impact around the world for those that need to hear hope, to know those who need to know that there is a tomorrow of love and joy for them, that there still is purpose for their life. And there's still so much more that God has for them to do. And even for those that are listening and you're thinking, you know what, it might be a good idea for me to surrender my gift to the Lord. Because maybe there's something deeper and higher that he wants to do that I have not even thought of. And so I would encourage you to do that as well. We've all been given gifts and talents to be used for a divine purpose. So think about what it is that you have that you're doing and realize it's not our own strength. It's what we've been given. And so how can we dedicate that back? How can we surrender it so it could be used in a deeper and a higher way? Because that's when our complete fulfillment and satisfaction comes to our own soul because we're being used as we are created by God himself. So Steve, thank you so much for being with me here today. It's my pleasure, Debbie. I appreciate the invitation. 
You're very welcome. And I look forward to the years ahead for whatever it is that God has in store. And I want to thank all of you uh, for my transition tribe, where you come each and every week together as we learn, embrace, and be transformed by the power and the purpose of transitions in our lives. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com.